Today's episode is brought to you by the Vegas Beer Guys and the Sounds and Cinema Podcast. Everything sequel contains explicit language. And why the fudge not, you melon farmer? Hello and welcome to an everything sequel, how dare you crossover event, the Mannequin Edition. Today we're talking Mannequin 2? Or Mannequin on the Moon. Hard to say. Chance here of the How Dare You Awards. Joining me, Lady Chu, formerly of Tuity Fitness. Hi, Chu. Hi. How are you? Uh, I'm good. I'm good. Very this movie's interesting. About this movie. Yeah. <laughs> of course, also, the man I cheat on Chu with, Tom Stewart of Lonesome Whistle Productions. Hello, Tom. Now come home with me and we'll discuss it over some mutton. <laughs> I had to I had to rewind and play that again to get to the hear last it? line. I thought she said we'll discuss it over some mud. Which would have been it's a better joke, actually. Right, it might have made more sense. But, uh, but mutton's fine. Alright. Well, today, as just stated, we're talking about Mannequin 2, On the Move, known as Mannequin, On the Move, a 1991 film directed by Stuart Raffle. This movie identifies as Mannequin on the Move. Right. I mean, there's no other... Yeah. There's no easy way to put this. Most posters say Mannequin 2, but (laughs) when the credits roll, it's Mannequin... On the move. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's more appropriate. They could have just taken out the two. And it would have been fine. Absolutely. Stuart Raffle Chew, he's going to be in our lives. Let me tell you something. (laughs) All right. For one, he wrote Passenger 57. Always bet on black. He's directed The Philadelphia Experiment. I'm sure you know all about Michael Perret and Nancy Allen, right, you? I know it well. <laughs> really <Damn>. well. <laughs> he also directed Mac and Me. Pretty nice. Oh. <laughs> now I'm getting flashbacks. Yeah, a complete and total E.T. ripoff. Shout out to Matthew Aldrich and his kids. We have inside jokes about Mac and Me. All having, to, they really loved that line. <laughs> Pretty nice. <laughs> and finally, Chew, Stuart Raffle directed one of my all-time favorite movies when I was in the sixth grade, The Ice Pirates. <laughs> That's the name of a movie? Yeah. <laughs> it's a space movie in which water is scarce and... These pirates are constantly stealing ice. Oh, wow. And they, they just want to get to the blue planet. There's a myth about the blue planet. Uh, <laughs> that sounds more fictional than shrimp on the barbie. <laughs> <laughs> I'm speechless. Let me tell you something. Miss 
Angelica Houston is in the Ice Pirates. Oh, okay. Well, you can't argue with that. <laughs> She's terrifying. I wouldn't argue with that. <laughs> so we're definitely going to have to watch that someday, Chew. This movie, however, Mannequin on the Move, we dropped from 20% to 13% on Rotten Tomatoes. Yeah. That seems fair. It does. The, the, they're both low, but the proportion is about right. All right. The dif- proportional difference between the two. Yeah, I, I know what you meant. <laughs> Just <laughs> condescending to me again, you fucking asshole. <laughs> a budget of $13 million. This is a movie least wanted to see, Chew. Budget of $13 million, an opening weekend of $1.6 in the USA and the world, $3.7 million. Oh, yikes. <laughs> oh no yep don't you have the most unnecessary sequel category yep this has got to fall in absolutely right? would be nominated for that nominated for least wanted to see nominated for I mean it's a ridiculous concept Ah, uh, I don't know fantasy I suppose in the world of a fantasy a thousand year curse isn't that ridiculous True. But when you connect mm. it to the previous movie, it becomes ridiculous. Yeah. Doesn't it? Yeah. The fact that it's happening twice, that's the ridiculous <laughs> part. <laughs> In the same department store a few years later, and that no one's immediate thought is, didn't, didn't this, this happen, happen once? Yeah. And the mannequins <laughs> themselves are unrelated. They're just too right. random. Yeah, no. No, no, no. That's no. right. That's the the part of this movie that's hardest to get over is that, uh, you know that it's that's all happening independently. How many more mannequins are there? Is there a whole plethora of mannequins that are just under these thousand year curses, just waiting for the loves of their life? I fucking oh, hope I not. Mean, we could just keep going with these sequels. Yeah. So many thousand year curses. <laughs> <laughs> Such a cliche, the thousand year yeah. in, in the world of mannequins coming back to life, the thousand year curse is like the is, was so over it. Right. All right, uh where to go to next? I mean, so we've done our ranking. Chu, did you ever officially decide? You said mannequin two over mannequin, right? I you know, I did I did say last episode that I could be swayed because I am not sure. <laughs> and I, having already talked about Mannequin, um, I think I might retract. I, I might say that, yeah, Mannequin 2 is no bueno. <laughs> <laughs> it's not good. I hope you change your mind again after we finish talking about Yeah, Mannequin at the end, I'll be like, two. actually, this movie fucking rocks. I don't think I'm going to say that. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'd say it's better than it should be. Uh, yeah. That's why uh, I might write Yeah, now. I might I agree with overall, you on that. It's overall a bad movie, but I see I see a little green shoots of things that, 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 uh, that work and... As bad as, as bad as it is, I enjoyed it more than I thought I would. 
I have an alarming number of positive points for this movie. Really? Yeah. Well, I need to know them. <laughs> Do you want to talk positive first or grievances? Grievances. All right. Got to flip pages. That's how many yeah. notes on this movie I took. <laughs> and that says it all. <laughs> okay. Grievances, I have 49 grievances. Almost the 50 burger. What about Yikes. you, Chu? I had 31. All right. 31. So more than more than Mannequin. Right. Wow. Tom? 41. <laughs> oh, I outbid you both. Nice. <laughs> All right. Now I'm really curious, though. Chu, you're, you're under five, I'm going to say, for positive points. <laughs> no, I'm not. Really? I don't know what's happening this last month with me and my scoring, but stuff's <laughs> just not like... Stuff's not correlating. Um, I have 13. And nice. now the more I think about it, I'm like, I don't know. I got to read back. Why did I? What, <laughs> what did, did I, I like? Why did, did I, I like star it? next to? <laughs> All right. 13. Yeah. Tom, how about you? <laughs> uh, well, maybe I've got to read back too. I, I, I got 21. Positive points. Oh, wow. Yeah. But 12 of those are both both positive and negative. (laughs) (laughs) Literally could not decide whether I liked it or not. For 12 of those grievances and positive points. Yeah, I have. I I said in the last episode that I thought I would have a lot of doubles, both positive and negative. And it turned out I just had a ton of positive points of things that I just fucking loved in that movie. For both movies, I've had exactly half uh, have been both. Yeah. Mm-hmm. This movie had more, but I did have 24 positive points for this movie. So you beat it. Wow. I beat you both. You beat us both. I'm amazed. Okay. Blown away. Wow. I beat you both. Yep. Amazing. I was I was shocked to get at like I had to go to the second page of my notes for positive points after hmm. having closed off my positive points on my page. So I've got two columns, but a lot of times hmm. in our movies, too, there's so many grievances that I think to myself, well, I'm not going to have more than 10 positive points. And so I just draw a line and then I second column grievances. And I did that. For this movie when I had maybe six lines of positive points left and then I filled all those up and wrote at least six more <laughs> wow you were you were a little bit taken by this movie seems like that's not the exact right word but there's <laughs> <laughs> there's Something happened. Yeah. Something yeah. Something did happen. I had those moments. Because I, I had some I had some nostalgic moments. Just seeing Stuart Pankin and remembering not necessarily the news. Show on HBO Chief a chew. 
thought it was the newsroom. Or no. We're talking the we're talking the eighties, okay? Just the news. Okay. It was the prequel. Not necessarily the news. A fake news program long before the John Stewarts and the Colberts of the world ever attempted it. Although they're doing real news, actually, so. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. But anyway. And uh, Tom, Terry Kaiser, back in our lives. When did we last see Terry Kaiser? (laughs) Come on. What? What? (laughs) It's literally the last movie we watched. No, but I'm not gonna say it out loud because I'm gonna release. Oh, okay. I'm, I'm gonna release. Okay. I'm gonna release this. It, you know what? Before that, you know what threw me? It was the life that <laughs> threw me. It was the life in his body that threw me. <laughs> he looks totally different as a life as a live person. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Okay. Well, that puts the movie in a whole new context for me <laughs> because. Because I have a couple of cat like I, moments in this movie where I realized that someone was in something else that I'd seen, mm-hmm. and it just it every time it threw me. Yeah, because um, there are there are the actors in this movie are in things that are great. Most people don't even know Christy Swanson, original Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Yeah. Wow. William Ragsdale. Love that guy. Justified. In both uh, Fright Night, Charlie and Fright Night, and he's Herman from Herman's Head. And he's uh, he plays the sleazy realtor boyfriend or realtor boyfriend in Justified. Oh, that was where yeah. I recognized him from. Right. And it made this movie a little better for me, as did seeing the dwarf from Twin Peaks. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, for the benefit of our audience... Lady Chu. Don't don't just cut that bit out, okay? Like, put the context around that. That makes me sound like a real dick if you just leave. If you just have, and the dwarf and You're a monster. <laughs> Lady Chu, try to explain to both audiences what the hell this movie is all about. If you please. Uh... Yeah, that's the appropriate response. Yeah. <laughs> Good <Okay>. luck. So. <laughs> shit, what's it, even her name? Her character? Jessie. All right. Jessie. Jessie's a. Jessie is supposed to be supposed to be a peasant girl, but this peasant girl is living in a motherfucking mansion, essentially. Big piece <laughs> of land. So, okay, go fuck yourself. Uh, falls in love with uh, a prince. Uh, but they're not really supposed to be married because mom, the queen, doesn't like, quote unquote, mixed marriages. Yeah. They're both white. Ain't nothing mixed about it. OK, I don't know what you're talking about. Moving on. <laughs> Evil mom oh. queen is friends with a sorcerer who enchants a necklace and tricks Jesse into wearing it and then freezes her in time, essentially. So they, so the prince and her can't be together because mom's a bitch. Big and bitch. Big bitch. Uh, so prince gets super mad and equally sets his own stipulations to the curse and said, okay, well, for a thousand years, if you're going to fuck over Jesse, I'm going to fuck over the kingdom. 
and you just got like the worst luck. And so you see in the little little title cards, not a title card, but like down, you know, time card. Yeah. Uh, it's still mm-hmm. raining, which time card. That was a positive, by the way. I think time card is a positive point. I enjoyed time it. Time card. Yeah. I, I like love that. It. Yeah. It's Halloween it's like, it's freestyle, like a... Tom. <laughs> It's like time a clocking into the, clocking in and out of the movie. <laughs> it's like Halloween three has a time room. card. Like yeah. ninety yeah. minutes later, because <laughs> this movie is work. A <laughs> uh, thousand years later, we uh, end up in Philadelphia, and the prince is reincarnated <laughs> into I don't know his name. We'll call him. Main he's character. still William. Oh, he's still William. Yeah, that's yeah. right. Um. And not Jonathan. He works at Prince and Company, which we are familiar with. Or I guess with. it could no, his first name it's Williamson, right? So Jason? he's Jason Williamson. That's right. And he was Prince William. Jason and Jesse. There you I go. Don't know. Okay. Yeah, his name is William. No, his name is Jason. <laughs> <laughs> I keep wanting to say the actor's name is William. Yeah. Yes. He's called Jason. Yeah. He's not Jonathan, but they did go with another J. Unbelievable. Not, not helping anything. Uh, so we're in present day uh, Philadelphia for Jason, who's the prince reincarnated, essentially, um, is working at Prince and Company, which we all know. Reincarnated? Whatever. <laughs> say reincarnated. I know what you mean, though. Yeah. It's that it's thing like in-, in movies where people play their own descendants, but no one's going to be like, at the twit, you no one's going to be right. exactly the same. So it's reincarnation. I, <laughs> yeah. I totally understand what you mean. You can't not in the yeah. world of the movie. Chance, you can't nitpick but... the reincarnated. The fucking mannequin came to life. Okay, if I want to say it's somebody's reincarnated, all I right, think I'm all totally right, all right. Take it easy. Within Take the rules. <laughs> Chew anyway. it, flunk mace class. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so they have this exhibit. In a store, which I don't understand why, but there's, she's, you know, mannequin girls become famous around the world. Um, <laughs> yeah, could anybody tell me, please, why she's leaving the castle to come to America so that he can come to America to retrieve her it's when the he was there tour. with her? I don't, I don't, no. I don't understand any I, of that. It had to have been his way of like getting money because he said uh, last year the company or whatever had brought in $52. That's year right. to, okay. Yeah. yeah, the year to date <laughs> was $52. So about that. All right. I interrupted you. You again, hadn't even gotten the bad too, stuff yet. Again, we wait we know way too much about the profits of this company. <laughs> <laughs> totally. It's like this franchise is big on telling giving us the fi- the financial figures. We, we again we do not need to know. <laughs> Uh, so he ends up having to be in charge with Hollywood, who we already know, um, mm. with displaying the enchanted peasant girl. And so he ends up taking the enchanted necklace off. And then, boom, Jesse comes to life. And as you know. Yeah, it takes good old. Bad, yeah, bad stuff happens. She comes to life and then. <laughs> shenanigans ensue. Shenanigans. Yeah. It takes them an awful long time to figure out the necklace. I mean, like, bro. An awful long time. He's not is bright. Is the necklace on or is it off? Is she alive or is she a mannequin? Right. 
You answer those two questions, you've solved them. And it's not like it's this small piece of jewelry. It's this gaudy-ass necklace. Come on, guy. Fuck, he's stupid. Snake eating its own tail or something, right? Something. Anyway, that's well, what that was excellent. <laughs> well done. That was excellent. <laughs> not my worst. That really not my made best. me. That really made me think. <laughs> <laughs> no, it did. I'm not. I see the, the what it made. It made me think about. <laughs> Listen, I'm no, not. That was a fuck I you. Did, <laughs> it wasn't. It wasn't. No, because the first thing it made me think of was how the relative luxury that this supposed peasant girl is living in that Egyptian Kate Middleton isn't. Yeah. Because she lives in a in a tomb, essentially. With dead people. With dead people. And she's like... Well, I think she was just affluent. hiding, wasn't she? She yeah. was hiding out. I, the sure. movie gave me no other... Yeah. as a mummy. Right. Evidence that she didn't live there. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, but not only is it like this huge piece of land but she she lives in a literal mansion it's a modern mansion you can see glazed windows on that house yeah mm-hmm. in whenever this is supposed to be 15 something like that's a 20th century yeah house re- retrofitted <laughs> mansion that you can see the double glazing on. yes yeah and then and and also I mean, I don't know the city of Philadelphia well, but I looked up the shooting locations because I was so sure this movie with its budget of 13 million, which, by the way, is more than double the last budget. Yeah. Unnecessary. Seven million more dollars to make this movie. And yet. When they're fighting on the bridge. My first thought was, are we in Central Park? I think it seems like we're in New York. No? It's it's it's, yeah. it's perfectly possible. Yeah. That's what it looked like to me. But then I also thought I saw that bridge later in the story. It looked <laughs> like that might be the bridge that the that the mannequin uh, fell out they just of. Just cut all the trees down. Yeah. Yeah, could be. I don't know. It says it's all in Philadelphia. Yeah. Hmm. That's what confused me. <laughs> well, that confused me. That confused me as well. And I'm sure they got great tax breaks. Right. For going back to Philadelphia. But um <laughs> it's it's just confusing in the context of the of the film because you know, this already happened here in in this city. And it feels like it would be a more plausible story if it happened somewhere else. Right. Yeah. It's, it's, it's unlikely to happen twice. It's very, very unlikely to happen twice in the same city at the same store. I mean, that's the elephant <laughs> yeah, in the exactly. room. You know. <laughs> Continuing aside, in our great Philadel- tradition of having inanimate objects come alive, I present yeah. to you. <laughs> what's her name? What do they call her? The poor. What is it? Enchanted peasant the, girl? The enchanted, enchanted peasant girl. Peasant. Thank there we you. go. Enchanted, not entranced or embalmed. <laughs> enchanted <laughs> peasant girl. Oh, well, that's a good start. Why don't we stop? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, not completely. We'll go right. on. Yeah. <laughs> We're going to take a Short break. Episode. 
and then we'll come back. Deal? Deal. Deal. All right, right after this, everyone. I like to think I know something about beer, but nowadays even I get overwhelmed when confronted by the exhaustive selection of craft beers they have at bars, breweries, and even grocery stores. Back in the day you had one, maybe two craft beers to choose from, and if you were confused, you ordered a Guinness. But in beer stations like San Diego, the craft beer options lately are in double, sometimes even triple, digits. So what's a beer drinker to do? You need what I need, the Vegas Beer Guys. Your beer of choice should be a perfect blend of malt and hops. And so a live show about beer needs that same balance. And the Vegas Beer Guys matches beer expert Dan Aker with self-proclaimed beer novice Stephen J. Weiss. The results are eminently drinkable. They're on Facebook. They're on Instagram. They'll try new beers. They'll tell you about beers. Think of them as your beer sherpas guiding you up a foamy-headed mountain to reach the peak of your pint. God, I need a beer. And we're back, ladies and gentlemen. Tom and Chu and I are here discussing Mannequin on the Move, a sequel to The Fantastic Mannequin. Let's talk about this. Is this a mannequin movie? No, it's like Frozen Cursed Girl movie. <laughs> Except Hollywood's in mannequin. it. You know that, you know that uh, famous <laughs> genre of movie, The Frozen Cursed Girl movie. <laughs> One of the oh. many Hollywood Frozen Girl movies. But bec- so here's the thing: when, when, when Hollywood arrives in the movie, first of all, you're expecting to say, uh, you know, I have experience with mannequins coming to life or whatever, which he doesn't do until the end of the movie. <laughs> right. But like, I keep thinking he's going to make it easier. F- he's going to smooth the transition between these two movies. And all he does is make it more complicated. So much more complicated. Because he's he's the one who says, for many reasons, but he's the one, first one who says, she's made of wood. Right. Uh Mm Uh-huh. And that's what first threw me. I was like, okay, so not a mannequin. Mannequins aren't wood, are they? They're plastic. Yeah. Plastic, right. So she's not a... I mean, that's where where I was out. On the the mannequin bit of the movie. (laughs) I quit this fucking like, movie. Yeah, she's a wood. Sculpt- she's a fucking bullshit. Carving. She's a carving, yeah. basically. She's a carving. Right. It's a carving movie. <laughs> that other famous genre. <laughs> so, but it's just funny to me that we have this movie with a completely different premise, almost at least in the sense of. <laughs> We're dealing with a curse as opposed to, I don't know, maybe it is the, maybe it's similar enough because it's kind of a curse in the first one, right? She, she said, I guess it's not a curse. She just says, I want to be somewhere where I find the person I'm supposed to love. And it takes a thousand years. But she ends up with other people. So wouldn't the gods know to just send her straight to 1987? Yeah. To switch her? Yeah. Hmm. 
Because at that point, it just sounds like she's a muse, you know? Yeah. I kind of like not knowing the answer to those questions. But in this movie, I feel like I'm (laughs) forced (laughs) to ask and answer these questions for myself. This movie's trying to answer them in the same way that you, you know, force feed a duck to fatten its liver. (laughs) Disgusting image. But correct. All right. Where are we? The beginning of the movie. We haven't done anything yet. What are you are talking you sure? about? We talked we talked about the double glaze mansion. <laughs> My first grievance is this looks like a drunk man was filming this movie. Yeah. When she runs straight towards camera and then they kiss and she says more and again. Why do you need that amount of handheld camera? I don't understand in, it. In this movie. That was weird. Of all it things. looks like he was in the middle of dropping the camera as she was running <laughs> to camera. Well, there's your answer. <laughs> and they decided to turn that into a style choice. And I have, of course, too, I also had the note, Mix, mixed marriages? Question mark? Yeah, what yeah. is she talking about? <laughs> that he's up, I think. I it's think, just a rich, poor thing. Yeah. Yeah, it's just a rich, I think it's but just it's a, a rich, But it's a weird way thing. to phrase it. And they're trying to make a ga- they're trying to make a gag out of it, but we don't know, we don't know the context, so it's difficult to know yeah. what the joke is mm-hmm. when you don't know the context of the joke. <laughs> Just a little comedy note there for the movie. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I wondered if you had a major grievance, Chew, when he started brushing his teeth in his car. Absolutely, you know I made notes. You know I made notes on that. Are you telling me that you were so... There's... Look, I'm never going to be so late to something to where I'm actually going to just take the time to bring everything that I need to brush my teeth, but do it in the car. I might and as well just... And eat breakfast. And eat breakfast. I might as well just do do that at home. Be late. Yeah. Yeah, be late. <laughs> he runs out to the car without his shoes and socks on. Like, honest, it's that, you know what, that's that's classic movie bullshit that I don't fucking like. As if that I'm supposed to relate to him on some level. Like, oh, ev- this happens to everybody and it's cute. It's not fucking cute. It's stupid. It's stupid. Have, do you think that I've ever just gotten in my car with no fucking shoes and driven away? <laughs> no. Especially to an interview. Or a new job, or whatever the fuck. Yeah, this is, by the way, day one of his new job. Get your shit together. The eating of the cereal in the car, I get what we're doing. Like, you have the dry cereal and the milk. But you took a carton of milk with you in the car. You took... What? That milk's dead. It's dead. Yeah. No. (laughs) No, 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 no. No. And then I think he washes the toothpaste down with something to drink. Because it wasn't water. Mm. Which defeats the purpose of brushing your teeth. You can't get water now, apparently. <laughs> this dialogue later on. Right. That refers to the fact that... that That's uh, right. What, uh, pep- Pepsi is easier to get than water? Than water. Is that... Yeah. Yeah. He's like, oh, it's zero calories, no sugar. She's like, oh, yeah, that's called, we have that. It's called water. 
So well, and also like what? It's unlikely to be water. So what yeah. imbasses do we see, Tom? I mean, there's surrogates everywhere in this fucking movie, for sure. Oh, I mean, unlimited <laughs> sequel inversions. Yeah. For, for 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 starters, the fact that she is. Uh, she's a peasant girl. Now, not a, not <laughs> Egyptian Kate Middleton. <laughs> Uh, it, but but like it's that cla- so sequel in, sequel inversions for 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 Chu and for anyone who's listening from the how dare you side, it's where it's like the same. You basically get the same thing in a sequel that you got in the original, but they they turned it on its head. Yeah. Um. So, the f- fact that you know in the last movie it was Egypt, it was ancient Egypt. Here it's medieval Germany. Kind of the same thing. Right. Flipped, you know, but flip the concept. The concept is the same, but the idea is flipped. Um, the fact that the modern day leading man also exists in the past, that the villain also exists in the past and the future. Now, is that the same guy? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Is the sorcerer the same guy? Yes. He's just a highland. He's a highlander. That's Terry yeah. Kaiser. Yeah, Terry. Ka- no, I mean, no, I know he's the same guy. I mean, in the world of the movie. Yeah. He's a thousand years old, or however. He's a th- so he's so he's immortal. Yeah. The prince is a descendant, but he looks exactly the same. Well, also, I have a question: Was the queen immortal? Because for some reason, forty minutes into this movie, the queen gets a phone call from Terry Kaiser. <laughs> yeah. No. Checking in, and I thought, I I I wrote down as a grievance, five hundred dollars says we never see her again. <laughs> I had won that bet. <laughs> um, and, you know, as the movie goes on, lots more inversions. Hollywood turns into a mannequin. Yeah. Uh, we sort of, like, the, we, the first half of this movie, the first half of the last movie is the second half of this movie and vice versa. So we could, we sort of, e- it, but we sort of ease into, by the end of this movie, it's like the original mannequin, but it takes about half the movie for us to get there. Yeah. She starts in mortal danger instead of ending in mortal danger. It's like literally they've turned mannequin on its head. Yeah. And that's very common in sequels, we found. Good times. There's a recap montage, which is a big imbass. <laughs> yeah, right. That recaps the movie with 15 minutes to go for for nobody's benefit. I also like you know, the You wouldn't have forgotten the movie if you're watching it. No one in well, the now wait. Which part are you referring to? Are you referring to his his remembering? Yeah, yeah. I love that. Um, Major grievance and positive point. <laughs> Charlie remembers what happened previously in the movie. Sorry, Charlie's his character from Fright Night. Why <laughs> <laughs> can't we remember this guy's name? <laughs> But I, I mean, I in terms of again, in terms of like, because it's worth pointing out, I think, because you might assume that that some of the characters in this movie carry over from the original. <laughs> if you didn't know, you would you would assume that you know some some of the cast is coming back, or it's different actors playing the same people. No, Jason is a totally different yeah character. Yes, and for me, it that kind of worked that he was different enough from Jonathan. That it was okay, but what do you guys think? Is he too? Jo- is Jason too Jonathan? No, I think he's different enough. Yeah, I know he wears jacket and jeans like every man <laughs> in that period of history, apparently. 
But apart from that, that was I the thought, 1980s. Yeah, I, I still. buy that. This well, I guess is a not. It's I, 1991, but like I buy, I like the su- the subtle differences. You know, the, the he lives with his mom, and mm-hmm. you know, he seems he just seems like a different character instead of calling mom. Yeah. Yeah. But he's playing the same role in the story, which is where right. Same role, comes. but the character himself is different enough. And I think Christy Swanson as well is yeah. doing a totally different mannequin come to life thing than Kim Cattrall was. Well, she has the benefit of this amazing opening of a thousand year old German peasant, you know, to build That's from. Right. <laughs> to, to, to build from. <laughs> oh, by by the way, I can't think of any other movie in which one actor plays two different characters. So many times, too. <laughs> well, not so many, anyway. but, you know, Hollywood plays two characters. Yeah. Well, three if you count his the Marine version. That's true. <laughs> That's true. So. And William plays two characters. For people that might have been as confused as you, uh, as because we were asking ourselves, is Terry Kaiser the same person or is he a descendant? So you might think he's two different people. Yeah. I think you have to go, you either have to, it has to be all immortals. And Cynthia Harris is both the mom and the queen. (laughs) Yeah. So lots of dual roles. Yeah. So it's it. But in other ways, as we've said, it it doesn't resemble what most sequels are like. Like there's no attempt to continue any element of the last movie. It almost hinders this movie. The idea that Hollywood's there, but not commenting on anything that happened before. It's very strange. It's all, it all makes for a strange bird of a movie. Yeah. But I think there's something within the stupidity that makes it engaging. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I was really drawn to the, the... The part of the movie that I was really drawn to is the on-the-move part of the movie. not just because it's in the title but i feel like this is what's left over in the story that like that's what the last movie left on the table she never left the department store Mm -hmm. so the bits of this movie that work are when she's out and about you know going to clubs and restaurants and oh i love that they decide to leave and she's standing up in the jeep and Waving hello at everyone. Waving hello, but but my note was he clearly explained what crosswalks are, cars are, electricity is, and America as a concept, and nothing else. Because those are the things she says she loves. And she just accepts it. Like, oh, well, that makes sense. Okay. Right. (laughs) Okay. This is where history was going, clearly. (laughs) You You can tell that in 1584. I love crosswalks. I love cars and electricity and America. Amazing yeah. line. Well, she already lived in a mansion with double glazing, so right. She was clear. Her, her right. family were clearly way ahead <laughs> yeah. of their time. Her perspective's different. <laughs> well, I'm interested to know what you were drawn to in this movie, Chew, because your initial thought was better than first mannequin. Right. Uh, well, the first thing that comes to mind is what Tom was saying about, you know, he's drawn to the fact that it's on the move, which I think is a good thing that they did that because it just opens up more, more possibilities, possibilities yeah. for the movie because yeah. you yeah. can't do another mannequin stuck in a store again because who gives right. a shit? Um, 
I don't know, they could have just called it, you know, Cursed Girl on the on the fucking move. But yeah, they threw in Mannequin there, so it's a problem. Um, you know, also bringing up Hollywood, the fact that he's in both movies and he's same he's the same character. These two movies could didn't have to be Mannequin. They could have just been like Hollywood's Adventures. Like <laughs> You know what I mean? That's amazing. <laughs> like the Hollywood's Adventures of Hollywood. Adventures. It's just like shit you see at Prince and Company. I don't know. Yeah, yeah, that's so true. You could have spun it. You could have used him to spin off yeah. the property. Yeah. That's exactly how it should have been done, yeah. No, I'm just thinking about it more. I'm like, ultimately, with a gun to my head, I'm gonna, I am gonna. guess I'll retract and say, yes, Mannequin <laughs> is a better movie than Mannequin 2. Uh, but then, like I said before, this is comparing an apple and an orange that wants to be yeah. an apple <laughs> oh oh and this is not unusual on this on on our podcast too to yeah that's true i, I you know it has to be I've, frustrating I've, I've, gone, I've gone i've gone to the map for batman and robin for term for terminator 3 rise of the machines <laughs> for all kinds of movies that that, that people think are, are terrible and not as good as earlier movies so because they're not <laughs> <laughs> okay, person. Thanks. <laughs> um. <laughs> well, let's talk about. I want to talk about. I still think it makes almost no sense that she has traveled to America with these three German bodybuilders. But then she. Well, this is where the movie falls apart. <laughs> <laughs> Somewhere around minute 20. No, it's everything to do with these German bodybuilder guys. Yeah, I. That's the heart of what I don't like about the movie. Like, why was the sorcerer the sorcerer so consumed with her? Like, why was he? That's a good question. Why does he want to fuck her? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, why? Why is she his property? He could have just shoved her in a fucking closet, and then that'd have been it. You know what I mean? Like, I just don't understand. Yeah. And how does he understand. stay alive? Just because he's, he's a evil. sorcerer. Yeah, I think that's it. He's evil. Soul to soul. Yeah, I mean, it's I, never I, explained. I mean, no, it's never explained. There's lots of things that aren't explained. Why does and also, so I basically I think I think bringing Hollywood back is a successful move. I I, I like him pretty much the same as I like him in the original Mannequin, but in this movie I don't know what he does. That's what I was just gonna at say. The store. Like in the first movie, so it seems think, as though he's been promoted, think, like, but promoted to what? I don't know or understand because how many shows is this department store putting on? It's a big problem that that, like, again, it's a like I think choose onto something. Don't you don't have to go back to the, don't have to go back to the same department store, and you don't really even have to go back to the department store. You know, if it, it could be about Hollywood directing a musical on Broadway or. <laughs> Because that's kind of what it is. Yeah. Right. That's how it, it he's like he's directing some kind of show that I'm pretty sure they don't have at a at department stores. You know, I don't, I don't know historically how many examples of this kind of thing there is. <laughs> the the man you know, the, the opening night of the mannequin tour. Of the mannequin yeah, that's exactly. not a mannequin tour. <laughs> Yeah, that's that's a weird that's a weird concept. Like why why is this department store putting on shows? Why is any department store putting on shows? Oh, shows. 
Why is there entertainment based around this department store? Yeah. Is that a thing? Or was that a thing? I don't, yeah, it doesn't seem like a I thing. I can imagine, right? like, I mean, f- fashion shows, right? They do, sometimes do, well, that's more, but that's more malls again. It's like. Yeah, they would do, like, concerts. Like, the teeny boppers in the early 2000s, yeah. late 90s would go and do these shows at malls. But not not at, like, Nordstrom. Not at, Yeah, I was going to say, not at Macy's. Yeah. <laughs> so, so we're basically saying that that this is a mannequin movie without a mannequin a department <laughs> store movie that doesn't that uh, with a department store that doesn't act like a department store so so what is this <laughs> what is this movie <laughs> i don't understand anything <laughs> i i also i also found it i find it offensive that Basically, so they wanted to make like a German body, but like or like a Austrian bodybuilder joke, like an like an Arnie thing. Mm-hmm. But these three guys are like from New Jersey, right? Because they're they're not using their own their voices. Their accents are so terrible. <laughs> they're three good. dubbed Guidos. <laughs> well, and we that was a frustrating thing for me because I kept like I I was. <laughs> the funny thing about this movie is that when you go to the cast. You know, on IMDb, when you go to the cast and there's a picture of people, yeah. and it, and and if it's a person that's say done nope. just this movie, there's no picture. You have yeah. no like more than sixty percent of the cast are no picture people, including these three. Yeah. And I wanted to know so much more about them, and I oh, I wanted to know so much less about them than <laughs> I found out. <laughs> I really thought they were going to be in one scene as like a as like a oh all Germans are stupid joke which by the way is not a national stereotype about Germans but fine whatever <laughs> but like I thought that, that was it and then they kept turning up again and again I mean they ate up so much screen yes, time yeah. they're there forever and they're never funny like they're never no. never successfully funny in the entire movie not once not once and I just don't know why we why we burn so much real estate on them. <laughs> <laughs> oh fuck. I don't know. Should we take another break? Yeah. Yeah. Why not? Let's take another break and then we'll we'll come back and we'll finish up with Mannequin 2 on the move. Right after this. If you like podcasts like I do, boy, do I have a treat for you. You need to stay on target and check out the Sounds and Cinema podcast. Listen as your host, sound designer and music creator, Tony Parham, and co-host, musical performer and sound lover, Derek Hansen, D-Rock if you're nasty, and I am, discuss all things sound related to film, television, stage, and theatrical productions. They discuss environmental sounds, bioacoustics, dialogue, the nature of communication through sound. But as an added bonus, they drink beer and try to... Stay on target! Find them wherever you get your podcasts and listen to the pure mania of a man who can charitably be described as Doug, the dog from Up, and another man with a soothing and sultry voice trying to get that man to... Stay on target! That's the Sounds and Cinema Podcast. Tune in and listen to the sounds they are creating just for you. 
And we're back, ladies and gentlemen. Tom and Chu and I are here finishing up trying to decipher the code of Mannequin on the move. I think there is no code. Yeah. There's no code. <laughs> There's no rules. I have it. Listen. There's nothing to figure out. <laughs> we can follow up on this another time, but I, I'm starting to remember now that I think this movie was involved in an embezzlement scam. <laughs> what? <laughs> what? It's just like, as we were talking about it, I, at the back of my mind, I remembered that I'd heard that this movie was part of, like, a, one of the producers used this money, used this movie to embezzle money. That would make the most sense for this movie out of right. anything and even if I And even if I'm wrong, I, <laughs> and even if I'm wrong and I'm thinking of another movie, it makes way more sense. For this one, that, yeah. If it was a vehicle this... for that. Right. <laughs> This movie yeah, makes complete a, sense. It was just about moving money from one place to another. That's Criminally. awesome. <laughs> okay, but we, we'll follow up on that. <laughs> wow. So it's funny to me that this movie... <laughs> this, this movie tries to constantly get her out of the department store... But always has to come back to the department store anyway (laughs) as part of the story. Like the Count has to check on her. Then they have guards. But then he so he checks on her. But then his three German boys leave. Then he tells them to go back. And then she's already gone again. Nobody decides to arrest the Count as he's launching pottery from the top floor of this department store. No. Or after he shot the manager of the store in the leg, right, <laughs> with a gun, with like an actual gun. Mm-hmm. He's using I, crossbows. I just thought of something. Yes. So in the beginning, they set the curse on Jesse, and then the mm. prince equally says, "Okay, well, if you're gonna fuck her over, then you guys get a thousand years of bullshit mm. on your kingdom." So wouldn't you want the curse to be broken? Wouldn't the sorcerer want to keep the necklace off so the kingdom can <laughs> How be dare better? you bring logic? Why does he Did want Did they have her? to wait a thousand years, though? Is that part of it? You have to wait a thousand years. I think it's... I, I, think, I think Chu is right, but I think there are some, like terms and conditions right <laughs> at a thousand year i also think he's tr- I, I think he himself is is trying to embezzle the kingdom away from the queen yeah i got that feeling yes maybe that was the pr- maybe that was the producer trying right. to leaving a trail of breadcrumbs <laughs> yeah. for what he was doing some projection there <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so I'm gonna like put in any this normal in. in any normal screenplay, what she's talking about now would absolutely be the way it goes. But I think they the terms and conditions that they set narrowed the field too much for them to be able to do that story. Unbelievably, fuck. There's it's, a lot of I think they themselves shit. out of it with too much detail. I I kind of wish they just dumped the Germans into the into the water with <laughs> with the mannequin and they drowned, so we didn't have yeah. to see them. Yeah. But I did find it alarming that the Philadelphia police 
just were going to dump them and put all their lives in danger while simultaneously saying, better get out of there, you're going to die. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's very early for that kind of a set piece as well. Like, I mean, is it enough to be called a set piece? True. I One of my um, big grievances was with the uh, underwater and slow motion in the same scene. <laughs> it's like my two least favorite cinematic devices combined. Got... Slow motion and scenes underwater. I'm just starting to realize your hatred for underwater. There's no, it slows everything down. It's unnecessary. Yes. Just tell Unless me you're underwater. you underwater, I'll believe you. Right. I'm going to make both of you watch Deep Star 6. The, pro- the problem is, the problem is not necessarily with with being underwater. The problem is when we get underwater, everything has to slow down, and there's never a reason why it has to slow down. Just show less of it. I I would agree. Like, have you ever been underwater? Nothing slows down. You're just underwater. Right. Yeah. You don't get this. So in mo- movie, like I defy you to movies. run outside your house right now and run underwater and see which one you go faster in motherfuckers but life doesn't slow down i don't like right. every time i Your go experience. underwater i'm not having this yeah. ethereal moment That's... i'm just underwater drowning <laughs> this because because what what happens what happens is the filmmakers think that you dive into the water and it suddenly goes and it doesn't there's no music there's nothing you set your own pace down there yeah you usually you say i better get back up top in 15 seconds or i'm gonna start exactly. choking on water right anyway Sorry, I didn't mean I didn't mean to to go off on a tangent. No, I'm there, happy to go thank, down the water you, road. Thank you, Chew, for good the time. support. My my anti underwater agenda often falls on deaf ears, <laughs> but not today. <laughs> I had a grievance against all the dancing in the club. By the way, oh, I really? did not like. No. Wow. No. What what were the issues? That they're dancing like medieval style and everything's slow and everybody's oh. looking at them like, oh my god, look at this cute couple. Everybody oh, starts it. doing no. what they're doing like everyone does what Patrick Dempsey does in Can't Buy Me Love. Mm. I've never seen it. Uh, you can go watch it some other time. God damn. <laughs> well, this really must be a crossover because I've never seen it as well. Oh, what? Shit. And you know what the and the worst part of that is I bought it I bought it as a birthday present for my wife who loves the movie and I still haven't seen it. <laughs> it's the African anteater dance. Can you do it? In that movie. I mean it's kind of <laughs> wow. right, okay. Well that I mean that was great for us, but no one, it's terrible no gonna... on a on an auditory <laughs> right. medium such as a podcast. I like that you weren't even narrating the motions you were making as well. Like you weren't even trying to make it audio friendly. It was just it's just gonna silence. Everyone's gonna assume that like their internet's gone down. No. What's gonna happen is everybody else listening will know what I'm talking about because they've seen yeah. that movie. That's true. You're the only two idiots. 
<laughs> I, I was I I went back and forth on that sequence a lot because I because it this movie's a 1991 movie, mm-hmm. right? So we're right, you know, we're, we're like right in this transitional moment between the 80s and the 90s, and you know, it often takes a while for you to shed the the kind of style of the last decade. Right. So it se- so it seemed very. This, be- 80s, this feels but- way more like an eighties movie. Yeah. Right, but so the di- so the the club it felt like an eighties club, but style wise, there was starting to be a turn towards what we think of as the early nineties. And but other times, I just thought, well, this is just like a eighties discotheque with some kid and play lookalikes, <laughs> like thrown into the dance floor. <laughs> and so so I kind of li- I kind of liked it as a you know. Looking just just looking at look at it from a historical perspective, but at the same time, I was just like, this is just really weird scene, uh, and the dancing is just horrible. It's hard. It is. It is horrible. Yes. Yeah. Where's That's the music the coming from? That was my big note. Where yeah. is the music? I felt. I from? thought the same thing. Also, I couldn't figure out why this was the hottest club in town. Because the bouncer's a dick. I mean, I appreciate the bouncer's him. Hollywood. I know. <laughs> Which is, but he's mean. A positive, and I liked it. positive point. Yeah. Oh, major yeah. positive point. That no, it makes Hollywood better as a character, yeah. knowing that he can also that he doesn't have to like the actor doesn't have to be Hollywood to be good. Right, makes Hollywood better. Right. Yeah, exactly. Does that make sense? Yeah. <laughs> well, and I love sort so of the macho. the so bridge macho between is... the two characters for the army guy at the end. Right. Yeah. Good times. Is that the first few good men joke in movies? Because I've heard that joke again, and I mean that that joke. The Marines were looking for a few good men. Mm-hmm. Or I was looking for a few good men, and I found the Marines. Or I don't know. I I couldn't say. Yeah, I, that was the first time I've ever heard of it. Okay, I feel like I've heard that joke a lot. Anyway. Mannequin, you know, mannequin on. The, I tell you what, I thought was like an uh, like an like another prototype scene was the dressing up montage. Or is that is that, I think of that as a nineties thing. Is that a nineties thing or an eighties thing? Oh well, when she's trying on clothes. I'd say nineties. I think so too. Yeah. yeah, maybe. I liked that. So I think there was an early adopter of that. I mean, could you count Pretty Woman? That's 1990. That's what I was thinking. Oh, oh, so that's what they're. That's so maybe it's a yeah, maybe it's a play on that. Mm. I like that part. That was fun. Me too. <laughs> she also uses... anything involving yeah, anything involving her like being out and about doing things. It's a breath of fresh air, literally. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I feel you know maybe it's you know I don't know if it's the same department store that they used but it feels there's a i get a big sense of we've paid for this set we're going to use it whether we need to or not <laughs> yeah right this entire yeah. movie should be outside yeah they keep going back to the department yeah. store maybe they didn't have the budget to film outside as much as they should have done had seven oh, more seven million more high. dollars tell you that much <laughs> yeah, yeah but most of that was embezzled remember that's true <laughs> At least according to <laughs> at least according to me with no proof with no... of that being true. 
<laughs> I'm drawing from nothing except memory. <laughs> Just making shit up. <laughs> uh, oh, wow. They definitely didn't have the money to put a balloon in the air at the end of the movie. Right. No. I know that for certain. Yeah. They ran out of money at that point because that. <laughs> I was completely that shocked the that there was even one medium to long range shot of him climbing the rope. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> I thought that seems like way too big an undertaking for this movie. <laughs> I was just surprised that there was a hot air balloon in it at all because nothing <laughs> in the movie had made me think that I will be seeing this at some point. It was just like, boom, hot air balloon. Yeah. Wow. Okay. It's much more romantic. That's the fun fact. There is nothing romantic about hot air balloons, and that's a hill I'll fucking (laughs) die on. Okay. It's scary. It's scary. You could just easily fall out. You could sneeze yourself out, and then what? What about the bathroom? How how long am I going to be up there? I think you want me to drink champagne. I'm going to pee, and then. And then I can't because I'm in a hot air balloon. Also, I can't be making out with you when the hot air balloon tendant is two feet away. It's not going to happen. <laughs> Absolutely not. All right. No. I I would I agree with all of that, and I would add to that any machine that is operated by fire. I do not want to be on board. Yeah. Fire and air. You have to if no. you have to pull something and fire comes out. I don't want to be. I don't want to be in that vehicle. I I wish not to use That's that fair. as my mode of transportation. Anything that necessitates the use of fire. <laughs> I did like. Terry Kaiser's line reading when he thinks he recognizes Jason Williamson and he says something he says uh have I seen you before someplace no what maybe yes kind of <laughs> like that <laughs> yeah that was right I got a little giggle I mean he, he can do what he wants he is literally introduced as a mustache twirling twiddling yeah, villain except yeah. not so just a, everything's on the table for him as an actor not just a mustache point. an awful lot of play out of that hairy mole and the hairy mole later on as well yeah choose um, upset oh no I did not like <laughs> and he just let it he just let the hair keep growing so that's like 1000 year old hair I had the same thought <laughs> that's disgusting thousand-year-old so why hasn't why didn't he cut it especially if he's an immortal yeah like he's like con- it probably grows really slowly and he constantly gets berated for it so i'm like you're an evil sorcerer yeah. just get rid of it you turned a girl into a mannequin but not really a mannequin you telling me you can't that off your fucking face come on come on Oh, can we talk about the go-kart? Oof. Yeah. Because when she crashes that go-kart through the window, Mm. I laughed out loud. I had to pause. I was laughing so loud. (laughs) I thought that was hilarious. Interesting. I have it as a grievance. (laughs) Well, I have it as a grievance and a positive point. Obviously, because it's technically a car chase. (laughs) (laughs) it's a cart cart chase yeah 
Well, I I did I didn't mind the I didn't mind the car bit. I just thought that that really was like just trying to recapture the magic of the. They were trying to Keystone Cop that section right. like the last movie, and it didn't work as well. It just felt very basic, like yeah. they were going through the motions a little bit. Well, and also because it involves the wrestlers, <laughs> right? Still in this fucking movie. Yeah. I mean, they get as much screen time. They get more screen time than Terry Kaiser does. Mm-hmm. As the villain. Yeah. That's strange to me. And unnecessary. Yeah. <laughs> Very unnecessary. Also, can somebody explain the department store slash count contract? <laughs> There's a lot of weight given to this contract that I don't understand. I don't understand yeah. the connection between these two things. Well, that's Other than the screenplay must movie. have these two things together for this mannequin to be, that's not a mannequin, to be at this store. That's why Mannequin's a better movie, because, you know, they they take the time to explain to you the the, the financial details. There's so... <laughs> <laughs> There's just so many blatant holes in this movie. I'm really glad we're talking about this, because I just keep thinking back to the last episode. Where I was like, I think number two is the best. Shut the fuck up, Michelle. <laughs> Shut up. Just got to talk it through. Sometimes you just got to talk it through. There's so many holes in this movie that yeah. no one cares. No one cares about. It's like, eh, that's fine. We'll leave it. Why, Jenkins? We don't have to leave it. Just explain it. <laughs> Damn. That's fantastic. Yeah. And I never feel like there's any narrative or character justification for anyone in the cast interacting with each other. No, yeah, right. Like, in, le- in, in, in Mannequin... Uh, I got why certain people would ally with other people or spend time with other people people in the movie because of James you know, Spader's just not, been fired. You're right. Not to GW Bailey got fired turn, with him. But... They team up to try and fuck him. Right. You know what it the makes character wants are are here, and it's like you know suddenly the manager of the store turns up at, in at his home. Um, Jason's mom's home, recording a dating um, video. Yeah. And you're like, I, I don't, I, like, I've not, I, I don't know that he wants to do this. And I actually don't know that they don't know each other. Mm-hmm. That, that, you know, I would have, I would have thought that Jason actually introduced him to his mom. But apparently it's just a coincidence. Yeah. <laughs> and then all the stuff with Gail and the security guard, which is apparently like, like the B romance in the movie, or turns out to be the B romance in the movie. Yeah. Right. With no motivation for that. No rhyme or reason. Or, necessi- or necessity. Yeah. Yeah. And when she and kisses he, him at he, the end, is he the not the earned. Promote- <laughs> and now I'm starting to think he was the janitor promoted. He is. I mean, but he's... He's the same guy? It's the same actor, but he's playing a different character. He, no, I understand, but is he the same character? No. 
Well, how do we know he wasn't promoted from the basement? Different names. What do you mean Are different you sure? names? God damn it. Because we it I don't up. remember getting a name from the guy in the basement. Yeah, I think that What if he's just yeah. Andy? Let's see. He's Andy Ackerman. They don't name the janitor, that's the thing, so it could be. Is he wearing well, a name thing? Like a name tag? Somebody's gonna have to go back and watch it. <laughs> we need to get a screen grab. Oh now I'm so, I'm gonna be alarmed if it just says janitor. I guess the point is I, I, I sort of want the movie to tell me one way or the other. <laughs> I get that. Yeah. And then Gail kisses him mm. and she's like, Oh, Andy, you're so forceful. It does just Excuse say you? compactor room janitor. Yeah. Uh, but so, but the reason I said that was I, I read on the IMDB notes that it said he was playing a different character. So that's why. Not different enough. No. <laughs> when, when, Hol- when Hollywood does the doorman, you know it's a different guy. So the through line's in this movie, not good. Yeah, why is there a 1988 Temple football schedule on his door? It's fucking three years before this. He's living I in the past. <laughs> living in the past. Is, oh. that an, is that an Easter egg to link the two movies Maybe, together? Maybe, yeah. <laughs> Did anybody else take note? I listed it as both grievance and positive point because it was so ridiculous. But that hard push in on Hollywood's face at one moment towards the end of the movie. I have exactly that now. The camera just zooms in on his face. What was the scene? It's after the... um, I think it's... It's during opening... Or is it before Maybe the sword fight? It's around then. I think it's right before the sword fight starts, maybe? Also, those... (laughs) Like, we get some cutaways of the characters doing some pretty serious flips that they look unqualified to do. Yeah. Yeah, it's like a horror movie zoom on his face that ends in a lightning bolt. Yeah. Which is weird for a, a comedy. Like, it belongs in a horror movie. <laughs> <laughs> so, actually, actually, a lot of this belongs in a horror movie. <laughs> yeah. Well, especially uh, the Count turning into a mannequin and dropping from the sky and having his face smashed. That is unnecessary. And then I couldn't tell if they had paid extras to be on the street or if they were just filming the crowd that was watching them film the movie be a part of the movie. <laughs> yeah, as far as they know, a man died. Gruesomely. Right. Yeah. Yes, exactly. Oh, yeah. I don't know. <laughs> no, I don't I don't know either. <laughs> What's left to talk about in this movie? So the hot, I, for for those that haven't seen it, the hot air balloon is what the Count is trying to escape in. Yeah. And he's definitely rapey. And he's rapey. Ra- he's getting rapey. And our hero climbs, you know, latches onto the rope, climbs the rope like he's the man in black in the fucking Princess Bride. Yeah. And then decides not to kill the bad guy who says, hey, I have no problem killing. 
and tries to. Well, he really, yeah, he, he pulls pulls a literal gun. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and everything shit got real in that moment right? yeah. in a way I didn't like. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's like like he could have killed. He could have could have easily just killed the uh, the manager, the department store manager, there and then. Stuart Pankin. Stuart Pankin. Yes, I I can't I can't I I know the actor. But Love him. I don't remember the character name. The news and recently saw him in Kirby Enthusiasm. Mm-hmm. Pretty good surrogate, I thought, for James Spader. Yeah, I'm actually really grateful they didn't try and replace Estelle Getty. Yeah. Yeah. They just went with a totally different type of character. Well, he's a bit too much like Wurt and... That's okay, because it's a different store. <laughs> anyway, they take off the necklace and put it around the count, and then he accidentally falls out of the balloon and breaks yeah. into a hundred pieces. <laughs> He's horribly, horribly murdered. He's horrifically murdered. And, uh, yeah. Dismantled. That was a... Um, but he gets his comeuppance. That was a positive point, watching the dummy <laughs> fall from the balloon. I laughed out loud. Loved it. That was funny. <laughs> Although it's pretty, and again, like, I think I think they they might have had some inkling of how gruesome that was, and they try and offset it by showing him reassemble back in the castle as kind of like a a little com comic button to put on the movie. Yeah, him reassembled is even more horrific. Yeah, right. Yeah, it's a terrifying image to just to end the movie with. Um, I, I liked. I, I, I thought it was really funny though that. I mean, I guess you got it earlier, but I thought it was sublimely stupid that in the last moments of this movie, what they try to show you are the three bodybuilders' motivation for the entire movie, like why they've been here. And it's just to go to, what was it, Cancun? Bermuda. Or Bermuda. <laughs> fucking fuck. Yeah. yeah, we know their character wants. Unfortunately, those wants are stupid. <laughs> <laughs> The only other note I have um, that I skipped over was uh, that I do want to ask you both specifically about sausage toaster thoughts. Oh, that it. whole Huge breakfast. Grievance. Oh. grievance for that whole so breakfast. So glad you brought it up. God well, damn how it. How did I know that you how did I know that you <laughs> would have an issue with this? How did we skip it? Sausage in the toaster? No. The vac uh, the vacuum the hand vacuum the, of yes. the cantaloupe seeds. The dust busting oh. of the cantaloupes? Have you lost your ever loving fucking mind? God that damn thing's it. disgusting. Mm-hmm. And that's Just, not how you make eggs. How did I don't remember how he made eggs. He put them in like a fine sieve and was you know oh, that's right. <laughs> that was weird. He's never made breakfast before. And then he took the frozen canned orange juice and put it and in the microwave. microwaved it. Yeah. What? <laughs> now you have like this is, Lady Chu just waved at the camera, like there were flies in front of her. At least she was still talking while she did it. That's Not true. Like <laughs> She's got one up dance. on me. Ah, uh, I mean that breakfast would have killed her. So yeah. it's better that she. It's just a good thing she didn't dummy. have it. Yeah. yeah. Well, I don't know if you if you raised on weasel. You might have a strong enough constitution. That's right. You've probably got some good antibodies in there to sort of like fight fight off a, a um, an E. coli based breakfast. 
but I just well, I first of all, I like I couldn't tell whether because like I thought one of the basic rules of using toasters is that you don't put don't put a sausage in it, and I couldn't tell whether this was like a late eighties thing like. You can now put sauce. You know, we yeah. now make toasters that you can slot with, with slots for sausages. But I'm I'm guessing not. No, right? I mean, he just he just put a sausage in the toaster, which is incredibly dangerous. Yeah, it's going to produce oil, and then you have a grease fire. Right. Yeah, and it's not going to cook the sausage. No, it's going to lightly singe the edges of the. Sausage. Not even on six. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. So I yeah, it's it's interesting like uh, I also thought what's that scene telling us about Jason? Mhm. Like he thinks out of the box. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's what they would go for. But he's, he's never but set if up told, if he's he... never set up like Switcher is as like being an artist or Right. You know what I mean? He well, doesn't But then I think this is, they're trying to do that here. That's what I think they're trying to do, trying to say he's 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 got creative. That's what I thought. It seemed like problems. they were trying to lend itself to this is his form of creativity, and yet it just comes across as completely inept and stupid. <laughs> I just it's like I took it as well he lives with mom and he doesn't want his new girlfriend to think that his mom always makes him breakfast. So he's trying. He's trying. Oh. That's what I thought. Because why right. do you still live with your mom? It's happening here. <laughs> right. She's why are like, you in this mom's is house? A, this is a fine place for you to live. There's nothing wrong with it, except that it's your mom's house. Yeah. It's time. You gotta move out. All right. That's it, I say. Yeah, yeah, I agree. What uh, What's your drinking game, Chew? Um. Well, I feel like this movie would have been was a better choice for me to do the the glasses, Hollywood's glasses. But since I already use that, um, I'm gonna say anytime she turns into quote unquote a mannequin, or at least pretends to be a mannequin. All right. She's really terrible. At She's not good. <laughs> She's not good. I like I like Christy Swanson in this movie, but I I I wasn't impressed by her mannequin acting. No. <laughs> but she's not a mannequin, so right. <laughs> maybe maybe she that's fine. How about you, Tom? Um, I thought every time that we see the uh Cynthia Harris is the mom or I guess as the queen turn up in the scene hmm. just because she seems like she disappears for like 30 minutes at a time in the movie um that's enough for but, a shot yeah 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 that's good but she but she but then she sort of pops up twice or three times in succession so yeah. a little bit of a you know it's a little bit risky, a little bit <laughs> dangerous. You could be you could be not drinking for a long time, or you could be taking lots of shots in sequence. I thought that was pretty good for a drinking game. All right, that's yours. Well, mine was, my mine mine was every time we are super focused on the mole with hair. That's a good one. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I was thinking about that too. That's great. I thought I was going to lose out. I thought I thought somebody would nab that one. So I'm glad to say I'll win. This this movie works better as a as 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 a 
basis for a drinking game than a than a movie. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. By the way, Chu, I put out another round of six movies of drinking games. I can't remember. Let's see. I'd have to really think about it. Well, if you can't remember, I sure as shit can. I couldn't even remember the fact that <laughs> I said at some point, stop being obtuse about the concept of fear. <laughs> I have so many questions for my past self. <laughs> at any rate, the one thing I know for sure is we split even three to three. Okay. Ooh. Yeah. Uh, I mean, that's about it. Tom, are we going to, are we going to, Pitch a quick sequel. I've got a I've got a title and a logline. All right, I can throw you. Uh, mannequin goes to Hollywood. Uh, <laughs> Hollywood, <laughs> Hollywood, and the logline is Hollywood Montrose awakens a gay African tribesman frozen in time by a voodoo curse. Excellent. <laughs> so it's like man, it's mannequin, but it's for Hollywood. Yeah. Yeah. So he's falling in love with with the mannequin this time. Ah, man. Love it. And and as you can see, I think, you know, to choose point, there's no mention of Philadelphia or any or Prince and Company department store there. That doesn't need <laughs> that context doesn't need to be there for the story to right. happen. Right. That was my first idea was to go the Hollywood route. Oh, there we go. We've all so we've all Damn it. We all had the same thought that that this. Did you? I know be. I sent you a. Because because in the back of my mind I thought, oh, he's the Burt Gummer of this series. <laughs> it takes like two movies for you to realize that you could do a whole series of movies with this guy as the lead character. <laughs> Except we never made more than two mannequins, so. There you go. We never got there. Did you come up with an idea, Chew? No. <laughs> 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 but you did you said you said make a you know hollywood i guess so yeah i mean this yeah it could be like you know the two main things outside of the the mannequin or the frozen girl or whatever is prince and company in hollywood those are the two you know not not changing things or un, unchanging yeah. things so yeah i i think it's uh that's unanimous you have to go that route Right. Yeah. Otherwise, you're just making another curse movie, which is stupid. <laughs> For another Frozen Go movie. Yeah. Yeah. Chance, I think you texted me that, but I didn't understand what you meant. I was thinking. <laughs> Why would you? I, yeah. That doesn't make any sense. <laughs> Why would you do such? A... This is what I mean. It makes it's like no sense. The credit check, the pleasure sequel. These are things we invent for ourselves to do. They don't <laughs> exist in the world. Oh, do you have a credit check, by the way? Because we've got about three minutes left. So if you've got a credit check, do it now. Uh, I think I said it all. Just the doubling. There's a black screen for a second in between sets of credits. I've never seen that before. <laughs> as if there's an intermission in the credits. <laughs> a stuntman called Danger Dennis Danger Madelone. And I just noted he doesn't need the danger to give himself a ridiculous name. He already has one. <laughs> um, and someone is credited as Happy Girl, and I don't know who that is. And I think the credit was supposed to make it clearer, but it actually made it more ambiguous. Because I don't know who <laughs> in this movie is happy. That's amazing. I don't know any of the women in this movie that could be called happy. 
That's all I got. All right. Well, I I had a, a sequel idea called Mannequin 3, Hollywood's on the move. Oh, great. Um, but it was essentially Hollywood. the same pitch. I mean, it was, it was yeah. almost exactly the same pitch, uh, except I had him moving to the big city in New York. I like the idea of getting out of Philadelphia. Yeah. Um, so maybe I'll stick with what I don't. I can't remember. Maybe I said this in the last episode. Uh, what was it? I'll, I'll put mannequin three, real wood or whatever. Yeah, real wood or whatever. Real wood, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> real wood, whatever. And uh, maybe it maybe it'll be maybe it'll be one of those movies where uh, the mannequin is constantly being exchanged say from one store to another hmm. like that movie with john cusack with a hundred dollar bill that keeps touching people's lives or some stupid shit like that you want to you want to red <laughs> and there'll be vignettes this. so yeah the 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 mannequin comes alive and makes somebody fall in love with them and then gets moved or, to another store out of nowhere or you can make a movie about kim uh, all the times that kim cattrall came back to life Oh, yeah. Because she talks yeah, about that's true. sleeping away through the ages at one point, right? Excellent. Yeah. You make that movie. All right. Well, we'll put a poll out in the field, everyone, for drinking games and sequel ideas alike, pitches. Uh, that's it. If you want to tell us what you think of Mannequin 2, sorry, Mannequin on the Move, find us on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter. Send an email to either or both. Uh, the Everything Sequel Podcast at gmail.com. The How Dare You Podcast at gmail.com. For Lady Chu of Tua T Fitness and Tom Stewart of Lonesome Whistle Productions, Michael Schantz here. Say goodbye, Chu. Goodbye, everybody. <laughs> Say goodbye, Tom. What is this, prom night? Go ahead, take a hike. I hate taffeta. <laughs> All right. <laughs> That's it. And I'm literally going to end it there because this is probably going to stop on its own in Yay. about 10 seconds. Thank you so much. That was so fun. This was great. That was great. Let's do it again. All right. Bye-bye. Bye. It stopped. Starbucks has a new flavor, toasted vanilla. I am, uh, that just like made the rest of my day. It's <laughs> a matter of you. <laughs> wow. You know, it's the little things. I'll say. Very little. Toasted vanilla. Fuck me up. All right. <laughs>